Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Recording. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Fail Like an Artist with your hosts, Julie Battisti and me, Phoebe Ganza, a podcast discussing all the ways we've failed as artists with insight, advice and humour. Each episode, we will discuss a failure and what we've learnt from it. How do you do, Phoebe? How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm getting really excited about you coming down for your visit and then I'm pretty excited about what we've got in store today. So I feel like I'm a little kid in a candy shop. Yeah, I feel a bit excited, kind of nervous, kind of excited about both of those things, actually. So we should probably explain. Well, I'm sure if anyone's read the title of this podcast this yeah. weekend, <laughs> Surprise. there's no, we don't need to like <laughs> drum roll in. <laughs> but yeah, if you have read the title of the podcast, you'll know that today is a bit of a different episode. So yes, this week we're going to interview Laura Horn. Yay! When we do interviews with this pod, we are really hoping that we'll be inviting on some special guests to help us co-host. So they're not going to be in-depth bio interviews. So if you'd like to do that, we can probably direct you to some different sources of information. Yeah, I think we didn't come into this podcast when we created Flap to interview people weekly. So these are going to be just like quite irregular, but really hopefully interesting interviews that we do or like co-host sessions that we do so yeah do um let us know your thoughts on that after you've listened but Julie do you want to just do a little just explain to people who Laura is for those who don't know absolutely Laura Horn is an Australian abstract painter with a deep love of nature and a passion for encouraging others to connect with their creative side when her children were young Laura discovered the therapeutic power of painting and fell in love with the freedom of mixed media 
She uses an array of mediums, including watercolour, acrylic paint, ink, pencil and pastels, and often incorporates botanical elements and nature-inspired patterns in her work. With thousands of students in her online classes and a dedicated following on her podcast and YouTube channel, Laura has become a trusted source of inspiration and guidance for creatives around the world. You can find out more about her online classes, including the next session of her signature six-week course, Modern Mixed Media, on her website, www.laurahornart.com and on Instagram at laurahornart. And we'll put all of those in the show notes. Oh, I'm quite excited about this chat, but I have to be honest, I'm a bit nervous too. Oh, I'm really nervous. I feel a little bit like deer in the headlights here. I think because Laura has such a big following for her podcast, it's like, I feel like, it's almost like, are we qualified to <laughs> do this? I've, I've always loved her podcast so. and really enjoyed her interviews and even the episodes that are just her and Richie and always thought she was so professional and well-spoken mm. and I'm just going to be that other sweary Australian on the side no I know I have to be honest it was I think hers was like one of the very first art podcasts I ever listened to same it, that got me into podcasts yeah I don't even know how I came across it I think I must have been following her on Instagram and then saw that she had a podcast and was like oh what are these podcasts I should give this a go and then was like oh my god it's amazing it's like it's like my it's like someone like me talking about everything that I'm going through friends so, for your ears yeah friends for your ears definitely and then um and then in a weird sort of um full circle moment she actually interviewed me back in I think it was 2019 or something I'll have to look I'll put the link in the show note anyway um for her podcast so I was I was a guest and that was one of the most scary moments of my life <laughs> even like not not because of her like she's absolutely <laughs> lovely that sounded, that sounded bad dug herself in a hole um but just being interviewed for a podcast like I'd never done anything like that before I was so nervous honestly yeah. I was like full nerves I've only been invited on one podcast and I felt so nervous and I think I don't know if I yeah. could listen back to that it was oh uh, it was it was such a yeah like they were so kind I was so 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 nervous and I ended up getting really really vulnerable and like crying obviously because I cry all the time (laughs) it's like my signature move (laughs) god my power move crying on podcasts oh god I should start that was the start how many how minutes how many minutes in will Phoebe cry today we'll start it it's like it's like cry bingo yeah (laughs) um so yeah it was but it was such a Oh, it was a really big shift in me personally that that interview, um, opening up and talking about some struggles that I'd had and about mental health and stuff. And she was just so kind, and they, she became like a friend. And she was just—they were lovely people. Um, and it was that moment that after I had all this feedback that from people in response to that podcast, I kind of really realised like how powerful podcasts could be and how much I secretly kind of would like to do something like that myself one day and so that was a kind of little seed that got planted I suppose for for myself and little took a little while to germinate and I was thinking I don't want to do it by myself I need to find someone who who could I do it with and then you know the story unfolds and you came along (laughs) and then you found me 
And then I found you, or you found me. I can't really remember how it went. Okay, yeah. Now you can't get rid of me. Anyway, I think you slid into my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> Excuse me, let me be my friend. <laughs> and I was like, oh, who's this? <laughs> and so and so the story unfolded and that and then here we are. So if you're looking for someone to blame for this podcast, I can point at Laura Horn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. So yeah, so excited to talk to her. I hope that she doesn't mind that we're probably not as professional and <laughs> like I feel like that was a huge under understatement. Just a little bit less professional than then. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, just a little bit. Um, but she hasn't been doing podcasts for about a year now, almost. So I'll be interested to dig into that with her and generally just pick her brains for lots of advice and hear about her fails. Yay, I'm so excited. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's invite her on. Welcome to the flat family, Laura. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Yeah. It's one of the art podcasts that I really look forward to listening to each week and you always make me laugh. I don't think that there's a podcast out there that's quite as relatable. So, oh, yeah. that's thrilled. So, that's really made me feel all warm and fuzzy and embarrassed. We were both saying before you jumped on that yours is one of the first art podcasts that we both listened to and became mm. huge fans of. So, it's sort of a lovely little loop there. Yeah, it's a full circle moment. We were just yeah saying about how you interviewed me and that was my first time as a podcast guest. But it um, really was such a lovely experience, even though it was very difficult and I found it very, um, I don't know, scary at the time. Um, it made me really love the idea of doing one one day and now here we are. How many years later? Four years later or something? It's it's amazing to reflect back, like just thinking back to that conversation that I had with you and looking at what you've done since then too, mm. and all of us, what yeah. we've done over well. the last four years. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. But I was driving down here to the studio today where I am uh, thinking about this conversation and just thinking, wow, I get to just chat to both of you. Like what a, you know, it's it's just so lovely to be yeah. able to do this. Yeah, and I think that's mm-hmm. the thing about the podcast sort of community is that it's very, um, well, what we've seen from it so far, it, it's a really um, generous community. You know, there doesn't seem to be kind of the same, what's the word, like competitiveness in in a sense. It's like people, if you, you know, people listen to a lot of podcasts in a week. You don't ten, mm. tend to just listen to one. So there doesn't seem to be that same kind of, um, I don't know, like, I don't know. It just feels like if, you've you've got a lovely podcast we've got a lovely podcast there's space for all the art podcasts and um yeah it's really generous kind of community but you haven't done one for about a year is that right I was gonna say can we can we ask the question everyone wants to know when are you bringing the podcast back (laughs) well it's interesting because I was thinking about fails and I realized that that's probably one of my fails at the moment is Mm -hmm. that we just stopped doing the podcast we even announced a comeback and did two episodes (laughs) So that's not really a comeback, is it? And I we announced the date and everything. I put it on my social media. I sent out a newsletter. And then we just became super busy running a year-long course that I was doing at mm. the time. And I just couldn't fit it in. I just mm. It just was becoming stressful. And I decided that 
it wasn't worth it to be feeling that way Mm. and so we dropped it and then of course once you let something go for quite a long time it's easy to just keep going oh another week oh we'll do it down the track so we uh, haven't really decided what we are going to do but we are now in this new studio which has created a much better workflow for us and saving us a lot of time and Mm. our kids are getting older So we are spending more time here and having more of a normal kind of work day. Mm. Whereas for the last few years, I've only really been working part-time and Mm. finishing work early. I'm sure you both relate to this with young kids. And so I haven't had as much capacity. So with that, there is the chance. There is the chance that sometime later this year, we might dust off the mics and get back into it. So yeah, we just don't know yet. No promises. No promises. I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) It's a maybe situation at this point. Yeah. Phoebe, how was your week? Where are you on the fail scale this week? Um, Well, it's quite early in the week. (laughs) (laughs) Starting off well, it's been a good morning. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just the last few days, uh, I'm not feeling 100%. We've all had colds in our house um so I'm trying to stave off a cold but I can sort of feel it just descending you know that horrible kind of drippy nose slightly scratchy throat feeling so I'm not feeling amazing um as far as you know health wise goes um but um I've been trying to do my homework we set ourselves homework last week of not doing too much um oh mine was to try and have better boundaries around social media and um also doing some more exercise Um, so I did start the day going for a very quick walk just to kind of, you know, try and get myself some energy. Um, but as far as art goes, I, I'm still packing up print orders, which I'm very, very slow at. And I always think I'm going to do it faster than I actually end up doing it. Um, so I do feel a bit like I'm failing at that and I haven't actually got in the studio and painted and how was the social media part Mm, yeah no I was quite I was surprised at how often you just go to reach for your phone and when you're in those moments of not dead time but you're having a cup of tea and everybody your kids are busy and you're just like oh I'm just gonna sit outside and you reach for your phone so I actually installed Duolingo on my phone what are you learning (laughs) well I really wanted to learn Tarillo but there's not that option yet on Duolingo I can't find the well that's the native language of New Zealand for anyone who's not here but so I just decided to brush up on my French because I haven't done French since school um so I've been doing a little bit of dueling whenever I feel like I wanted to go on social media and then my kids were like we want to learn dueling we want to learn French (laughs) so then I downloaded it on their iPad and um they were taking turns and they were so it was quite fun and I was like this is a fun but this is very wholesome this is Next a nice week we're going to start with bonjour yeah. instead of howdy doody. Oh, yes, exactly. What would bon, how do you do? Bonjour, Jordi. It needs to sound. I don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, I feel like I'm kind of succeeding with my homework. That would be like eight out of ten. No, sorry, two out of ten. I was get it wrong. We set the fail scale I, wrong. Every week I struggle to figure out the fail scale. <laughs> sorry, we should we failed at the fail. One is good, 10 is bad. Okay. okay. So I'm on about a 2 out of 10 for my homework. But as far as art goes, I'm still 
got prints to send. I messed up the order, ordering the wrong size of one. One arrived and it was the wrong file that I'd sent. I feel like I'm about an eight failing art-wise, but yeah. it's only Monday, so let's just hope that, that I can can lower that it's a little still bit. time. Yeah. What about you, What about you, Julie? What do you last, Laura? Uh, oh, I'm probably about a four. So my homework was to try and spend some more time with my family, but my husband and my older son went away for the week. <laughs> so I'm succeeding at bonding with my youngest. We've, we've spent all week together. Mm. Um, and because there's sort of been less family around, I have had more time to paint, which has been really lovely. That was one of my big mm. failures last week. And I have also been actually walking in the mornings which has been really good feels really nice good to start off that way mm. yeah but I am so but I bought part of my studio upstairs into one of our spare rooms yeah I was going to ask that because obviously with your husband away how does that mm. work I just feel a little bit uncomfortable being out in the studio because it's a good sort of five meters from the house with my youngest asleep inside so I bought all my painting stuff inside and I'm just, I've set it up and I've tried to be careful so that I don't get paint on the walls or the carpet, but I'm just waiting for it. I know it's like there's a limited amount of time where things will stay clean. Have you got drop sheets down? I had a drop sheet on the wall and I sent a picture to one of my friends who told me it looked like a murder scene. Like, you know, <laughs> and it has since fallen down as well. So now I've just got carpet underneath, like a spare carpet on oh, top of okay. the carpet. Old carpet. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, you've done, you've done something. Hmm. Oh, I can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you, Laura? Where are you on the fail scale? Uh, I'm a bit all over the place because as far as art goes, I feel like I'm in a situation of failure to launch at the moment because okay. I've been spending so much time getting the studio ready and doing renovations on this new studio that we've moved into. Uh, so for people who don't know, I have recently moved into a house that is about five minutes away from where I live. So mm -hmm. it's a house, but it's a studio. So we've set it up as an offices, art studio space, potentially workshop space. So it's been super exciting, but it's been a lot of work as far mm. as just getting everything in there. And now I've got stuff in there, but I feel like I just haven't been able to get into a flow with painting so I've gone in a few times and done some things but I just I don't know whether it just feels all different or whether I don't want to mess up the space because I've tidied it up <laughs> I can it's relate. like having one of a brand new canvas where it's so intimidating yeah it's just I haven't quite got through that yet and got into a good practice of getting into the studio and I keep on leaving my painting to later in the day and I get towards the end of the day and I haven't gone in there even mm, and I'm wondering whether I need to switch things around and maybe do painting first thing. And I'm curious with both of you what you do as far as do you start your day painting or do you go in and sort out some emails and things like that first or do you have any kind of rhythm or is every day different? I have more of a rhythm than Phoebe, I think, from what we discussed last week. Um, <laughs> My, I don't have that many days during the day when I can paint at the moment. So my days are sort of a bit all over the place. Um, but at night, I definitely sort of go in and start painting straight away. And I defer all of my emails and stuff until like one day later in the week. So usually on a Friday, I'll attack all my emails. And so I just, I try and get back to people so that they know that I'm not, not just ignoring them. Because I get a lot of messages on Instagram about 
commissions and that sort of thing. And so I just collect emails and say, I'll get back to you later in the week. Yeah, I feel like if I did that, my Friday would just be you would so out dread, of control. You'd dread your Friday. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would be dreading it. So I find that I do need to go in and I, I do emails in the morning and I do them in the evening. And one of the things that I have been thinking about is getting a virtual assistant, mm. which is mm. something that I'm probably at a stage where I'm ready for it, but I'm yeah. also apprehensive about it. Yeah. And I think that's something I need to get over. So I need to start building a bit of a team around the business that I'm running. Uh, so anyway, I should get back to my fail scale on that. So I think with my painting, it's my um, now let me get this right. So uh, which one's bad? Ten. Ten's bad. So I think with the painting, I'm probably at about an eight. Like I'm, I'm oh. not really firing on all cylinders yet with my painting in this new space. Mm. Uh, as far as other things, I think I am getting back into sort of more healthy habits. So a bit like you, Phoebe, when you talked about social media, I actually had a month off social media wow. recently while we were doing all these renovations and it wasn't planned. It just happened because a few days in we were busy with things like painting and choosing mm. carpets and that kind of stuff and I didn't have time for social media and then once I was in that space of having a break, I just yeah. um, there was a moment there where I realised, gosh, I'm loving this. I'm yeah. absolutely loving just getting stuck into this new studio, doing this sort of physical work, being off my phone, walking around the garden because the place where we are now has beautiful cottage gardens. Mm. I just wanted more of it. So in that moment I went, you know what, things can wait because initially I mm. thought that when we moved into this new studio, I saw it as an opportunity to share, you know, to share as we were doing the renovations that I would post on social mm. media, I might do little stories every day. And then when it was actually happening, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted yeah. some time with it on my own just to explore mm. and experiment and get to know the place. Mm. And so I decided to just take the month off social media and off YouTube because I have been sharing YouTube videos almost weekly and I loved it. So I think from that point of view, that was a real success for me because I realised that my business could run without me posting as much on social media and it actually wasn't that dependent on the mm -hmm. social media side of things. So I would say for me that part of it was probably about a two. Like I, was, mm -hmm. I really felt happy because that was a realisation that I had other structures in place that would enable people to know about what I was doing and continue to buy my classes and mm. things like that. And I didn't necessarily need to be posting as much as I was and maybe that's something that I can carry forwards. Mm. So what are those other structures, can I ask? Because I'm like, I really want to do more of this, no social media. Well... One of the things that really works well for me in my art business is my newsletter. So mm. I have got a newsletter that I send out regularly, but I also have quite a lot of automations that I've built up over time mm. so that if someone is coming into my community for the first time, they are going to continue to get messages from me 
<clears throat> telling them about useful things that they can find, whether that's a PDF or a free online class or a blog post or did you know that I have a YouTube channel? And so from their perspective, they are hearing from me even though that's something that I have set up um, through my email provider as a workflow. Mm. So that's something that works in the background really well for me and it's something that you can set up. So for you, Phoebe, for example, you have an online course and I'm talking quite a lot about online courses because that is my Mm. main source of income. So I have made the decision over the last few years to focus fully pretty much fully on creating online classes and uh, teaching people art and encouraging other people to tap into their creativity. So with you, you have a course around your confident, uh, no, what's it called? It's a... The, uh, my colour mixing course, yeah. Your colour mixing course. And with something like that, you can, if someone joins that course, then you could set up something in your email so that you then remind them about the course or let them know about something else Mm. that you have um, automatically so that while it's fresh in their mind you have something additional Mm. that you provide to them and those sorts of things are really helpful for keeping you um, well just reminding Mm. people that you're there and that you have various other things that you might want to offer them so that's one of the biggest ones and that's something I've spent quite a bit of time on this year as well I have been using Facebook advertising a lot Mm. for the first time and that was something I had quite a lot of barriers around Mm. and I wanted to have a way to share my online classes regularly with people without me having to post every day Mm. and I ended up getting a coach around that because I needed to work through the barriers first around it and then actually get some help around how to set it up because I had this horrible relationship with Facebook Ad Manager. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I'd open it, I'd be like, I can't stand this. I don't mm. want to do this. Yeah. It's not <laughs> very good. It's not a very friendly interface. No, it's not. I really like friendly interfaces. <laughs> mm. Give me some rounded buttons, some colours, some <laughs> Yeah. Everything I use is very uh yeah user-friendly and it's easy and intuitive and ad manager is not that it's really techy and clunky Mm. and difficult to understand Mm. and when you are setting up Facebook ads there are so many options and audiences and ways you can target it's it's a minefield Mm. and so I realized that I needed to get some help with that and I guess that's one of the things that I've been working on. I talked a bit earlier about how I think I'm probably at the stage where I need to think about getting a virtual assistant. This year I've been really trying to break through the idea that I have to do everything myself and starting to reach out and get some help in certain areas. And it's paid off. Every time I've done that, it has Mm. paid off like so much. It's paid for itself many 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 times over they always feel like such big moves I think bringing new people in because you know that you've got that initial stage where you've got to train someone up that takes time but then eventually 
their knowledge will surpass what you've got to like it's sort of got a bit of a snowball effect and then they can do a whole lot more and then you can let go of some things and it's I feel like it's one of the few ways of actually gaining back time Mm. I had a studio assistant start at the start of the year who I've now let go because it's sort of had a limited time thing but I found that for those first I think it was like three or four months at the start of the year she would come in wash all my brushes do all of the cleanup help me stretch canvases and I gained so much time by doing that but now I've got this next stretch of like four months where all I'm doing is painting and I don't actually I'm not gonna pay someone just to come and wash brushes every week so as I'll put it off until the end of the year and maybe start up with someone again just because if I can gain an hour or two back every week from doing tasks like that then that's an hour or two more than I can spend on painting. Mm. Yeah, and that's exactly what I want. <laughs> I want yeah. to claim back the painting time because especially now I've got this wonderful studio space and I don't want it to sit in my backyard and no. me not be using it because I have so much administrative work to do. So all of this is about getting those hours back. But I completely relate to what you said about the fear around the time it takes to train and and get someone up to speed and then whether or not they'll stick around and you'll have to go through that process several times. Those are the sorts of things that have held me back from building a team Mm. or or getting any regular Mm. kind of help. Uh, But I'm going to have a coaching session around that probably this week actually, Um, before I even get into how to hire a VA, I need to work through the things that have held me back for so long. So that's what I love about uh, having a coach um, is that it really does help me to get through the mental barriers that come first. That sounds like a really healthy approach. Like (laughs) tackle the mental stuff and then do the practical work, whereas Mm. So often I just throw myself into something and then wonder while I'm flailing around trying to figure it out. It just, that seems really sensible. Mm. Yeah, well, I had huge barriers around the amount that you email people as well, like Mm. and not wanting to come across as being overly Mm, pushy or Mm. salesy. I think many of us feel that way and feel quite uncomfortable with with sending emails. And my coach would explain to me that these people have come to you. They've signed up to hear from you. They want to know about your podcast. They want to know about your resources that you have. They want to know about your art. They, they're mm. here for that. And people don't read everything that they see. Yeah. They might just pick one or two and that's fine. And some people will unsubscribe and they're not the people that are going yeah. to stick around and, and be a part of your community anyway and you might not want them in your community yeah. so getting that mindset in place was really important as well and it's amazed me when I've dug in to my emails and looked at this a bit more because this is another thing I've been working on um, with with a coach and looking at just how many emails people look at before they might make a buying decision or something like that and it actually takes time for people to mm get a feel for you and get to know you. They don't get that from yeah. one email. They no. get that from, mm. from do that. 10, was it trust, 12 emails. Trust, trust, no buy or something. There's like yeah. a yeah. a kind of um, stage that people need to go through before they – there's not many people that just impulse buy things. Yeah, there's, they say – I think it's they say there's usually about seven touch points before yeah. someone will – 
purchase something from you. So if you aren't giving them the opportunity to build that relationship with you and build trust with you Mm. because you're scared to contact them too much, it's a bit like trying to make friends as an adult. (laughs) It doesn't happen from just one interaction. One hello, yeah. Yeah, you, you actually have to make this effort and you need to go out of your way to open up and share and yeah get out of that that uh get out of your comfort zone around that so yeah I I feel like the biggest challenge for all of us is is building a positive mindset and dealing with our little gremlins that we have inside Mm. Mm. I feel like you're um especially in the arena that Instagram's becoming at the moment and everyone's sort of being you know occasionally disappointed with the algorithm and their reach and I feel like building email list and other ways of contacting people seems like an incredibly smart avenue to pursue as well like so having a way to reach those people that's not just social media because I know a lot of us me included have sort of fallen back on that I think Instagram is my main mode of reaching people and I often worry that if if the reach does get less and if engagement does get lower then that opportunity goes away. So I feel like there's an episode in here, another one that we can build off the top of this about the importance of email marketing and different, because I fail with this one all the time. Um, I think it's just that word marketing, isn't it? It kind of makes you go, it makes me go, and and yet it's like, I don't know why it's got that connotation because there's nothing actually bad about it. Yeah, and I think it probably more is around mindset than the actual act of emailing. Yeah. It's around knowing why and what you've got to offer and, and what you're trying to say. Because mm, we don't think anything of many other businesses that use marketing. We accept that as yeah. a part of what they do and how they communicate. But for the, whatever reason with Creativity, artists, we yeah. feel really uncomfortable with the idea mm. that we would market what we have to offer. Mm. It is a self-worth conversation. Mm. Mm. But, yeah, it is definitely something that we need to think about with the changing world of social media. And, and I've been thinking about this a lot personally around how can I make my business more robust and sustainable mm. in the long term mm. using other formats that I'm not so much at the mercy of Instagram and Instagram has really tested me over the last year or two with all the changes that they've made it's made me feel very uncomfortable that they have this ability to kind of poke us and pull us in different directions Mm -hmm. and so with that in mind I have spent more time on my email marketing and also my website things like that as well Mm -hmm. they often get your website often gets neglected, but it is a really important touch point yeah. Um, yeah. for people. And, yeah, so that that's the kind of stuff when you asked Phoebe about what kind of structures mm. am I working on, it, it is mostly around those things. Uh, there are other things you can explore. I've used Pinterest in the past uh, that you can kind of put on autopilot. I set that up years ago so that everything would just loop. So that's another kind of thing that you can use Mm. to lessen the the load because Instagram and TikTok and things like that, they Mm. are very short in their lifespan. So anything that you post Mm. just doesn't have a very long life. 
whereas other things like blog posts, things like that can just, they can generate a lot of interest in your work for a long time. Mm. There's that kind of evergreen um, mm. element to yeah. those. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. Like I have blog posts I wrote years ago that get traffic every week over to my website and it's 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 just interesting how it works i i wouldn't ever have imagined that that would generate so much traffic and the same with the podcast episode it's not every episode there'll be like about five episodes that just get get found i'm not and i don't really understand i'm not <laughs> an expert in <laughs> the world of seo and how things get discovered on the internet but these are all interesting things to look at and mm. I think that we get very caught up in mm. Instagram and Facebook and those sorts of things and sometimes forget some of the other ways that we can share what we are doing. The last year or so that I've sort of followed you, you've been mainly doing your courses, like you said, your your year-long course and things. Um, are you now kind of wanting to do more of your own art as well and sort of batch out because I was thinking when you said about oh I'm doing my emails in the morning and then I want to do a bit of painting in the day and I was thinking would you consider doing something like Monday Tuesday Wednesday is courses and then Thursday Friday actually that's sacred art time and I don't do anything else on those days I just go straight in the studio and have two days where I'm like painting or something and then I don't know like how your workflow works because obviously you've got to think about Richie and how you both work together yeah, we have done things like that in the past and that's something that I might get back into having a couple of days that are just purely creative days. Things got a little bit all over the place when we were creating the bigger course because that took a lot more work than what I had anticipated mm. and I haven't really got back into selling my own work on a consistent basis for quite a while now so I have all this stuff that's another failure of mine failure to actually list anything or sell things <laughs> I, I have things that I have in piles ready to be put up on my website but I just struggle to find the time uh, but yeah I, one of the goals for me at the moment is to create space so what we were talking about earlier on is to create some more space for me to paint because I get very cranky and down and flat mm. when I mm. don't paint. So yeah. painting for me is more than anything, it's it's a way for me to feel okay. Mm. <laughs> Do you think that it became harder to find the time for paint because as you were building up the courses and they were becoming your main money source, the paintings sort of the emphasis for, fell on them less? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I first started selling my work, I was mostly selling work in cafes, art markets, things like that. And my main, main daily routine was to get in my studio and paint. And then I ended up doing some online classes. Initially, I did an online class on another platform. I was asked to do it. So I hadn't really considered this as my path hmm. and that class was very successful and at that point the penny dropped and I went, okay, this could be a thing and we gradually started making more classes. But 
along this, or at that time, once we started spending the time on the classes, a lot of the painting time got eaten up yeah. doing mm. that. And now what I'm trying to do is use everything that we have already created, get, get that working really well on its own using things like my Facebook advertising, email marketing, and carve out more time to get back into my own art practice mm-hmm. and work towards something. I haven't decided what that will be, but I do think it would be beneficial to have something I'm working mm-hmm. on, like an exhibition or something like that, to really get me motivated to get back into that kind of painting practice. I was just going to say, do you think you, you will you be able to like turn that part of your brain off where you so you don't start going, oh, I could turn this into a course. <laughs> like, will you be able to kind of like how is it how are you wearing those because this is the thing I was thinking about like you've got so many hats like how do you go this is now I'm not going to be I'm going to paint this painting and I'm going to really try to like not think about how this might end up being an online course eventually or is it easy for you oh that's an interesting question because most of my painting processes in the last few years I have ended up turning into online courses because I'll be doing it and I'm like, this is amazing. I want to share this and why don't we turn the cameras on and it becomes Mm. an online course. So, yeah, that has happened a lot. And I love that because it does make the online courses feel really fresh Mm. because it's something that I'm currently really excited and want to share. But I do want to try and switch that part of me off a Mm. bit because as soon as it becomes an online course, it just becomes a whole other thing yeah. and you lose the depth as well, the depth of of really going into what you're doing and exploring it at a much deeper level. It becomes about making it simpler, making it uh, you know, something yeah. that people can enjoy as an online course. So, yeah, it is a challenge to, to do both and I'm not – I'm not sure that it's entirely possible to do both at the same time. So mm. what I'm trying to do is to set my online course business up in such a way that I can let that sort of work on its own without me needing to be doing so much and then hopefully spend some time working on my painting. And that's where I think having something like an exhibition would be really helpful because otherwise I feel like I would probably end up turning it into a course. I think we both look at you as being really successful and it's hard to imagine you having big fails. And so one of our questions is what what has been your biggest fail? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question and it's, it's one that I struggle a little bit with to think about failure in in that way because I just see failure as learning and figuring out which way to go so I think that's the healthiest thing to do with it yeah yeah so I'm all about failure we need failure we know that we know we need it to learn for me I suppose a pivotal turning point was when I made the transition from selling my art in cafes market stalls things like that to making online classes on a regular basis and fully focusing on online classes so that meant Richie quit his job and we decided this is it this is what we are doing that came off the back of a failure and it was a failed exhibition so I had been working 
in a more colourful style with more botanical elements and I decided that I wanted to go more in an abstract direction and change up my colour palette a little bit and make work that felt more authentic to me. So Mm -hmm. I had been selling this work really well for the last few years in this location and I fully expected that this exhibition would go well. But because I decided to change things up and at that point I was doing a lot of digging in deep around what I wanted to say as an artist and, and, you know, I'd spent quite a few years just trying all sorts of different things as you do but I was at that point where I was like, you know what, I really want to make the art that I want to make. Yeah. And so that's what I did for this exhibition. I made the art that I truly wanted to make. And we even invested in getting it professionally framed because at that point I was just selling my work, unframed canvases. Sometimes I was just framing things up in IKEA frames Mm. and things like that. So I was just selling it at that affordable level. But this time I was super proud about this work and we went and we spent money on fancy frames and photographs and did all the things Mm -hmm. and put it in and didn't sell anything. Oh, <laughs> I can't. I'm so funny because I just and imagine that that would never have happened to you. Yeah. Didn't sell a single piece of art from this exhibition. And at that point I had to think really hard about what my next step was because I mm. knew that if I wanted to continue sharing my work where I was that, really the answer was to go back to painting in the way that was selling yeah. and in the way that the person wanted me to paint who owned the place and they had suggested that and I just didn't mm. want to do that because mm. I, I was really excited about this work and I, I, I felt like at that point when I was making the work, I was like, I'm an artist, I'm here. Like, mm. <laughs> I was really pumped and I just didn't want to go back to what I had been painting and so at that point I made the decision to to actually stop showing my work there and just spend some more time figuring out what I was going to do and it was around that time Phoebe when I created the class Braver Mm -hmm. Things so talking about a class creating classes out of every opportunity but that class was really about doing braver things and being brave enough to listen to what I really wanted and so in the end we ended up filming classes instead of me doing the market circuits and selling my work in cafes and things like that we decided that okay what we'll do is we'll continue telling this story but in an online class format and in that way you have a much larger audience so there's going to be someone who likes what you're doing now and so what, that's what we did. We, we transitioned into focusing on online classes rather than spending our weekends going to markets and setting up art fairs and mm. selling in cafes and local events. And that was a huge turning point. That's when we started to have a profitable business. That's when I started to really connect with people over mm. this quest to make art that is meaningful and and art that brings you joy 
to to discover what it is that you love. Out of curiosity, if you put a work up for sale now, say even if it was just on Instagram, it would probably sell pretty quickly, I'm imagining. Yeah, so I still have some of these paintings and I've shared them recently and people have contacted me wanting to buy them. By following your instincts, you've Mm. ended up getting that end result, but it's just taken a path that you hadn't imagined. It's and probably yeah. because you changed your your style quite radically and you were only really showing to a small community of people, you know, you just didn't have the eyes that were going to resonate at that stage. Like, you know, you were, you, you, it wasn't that the work was bad or anything like that. It just was, you hadn't probably done enough touch points with um, enough people. And now you've got this bigger audience that you could share those works with. Like it's, it's come full circle that you could resonate, you know, you've got lots more people that you could resonate with or that would resonate with your art now than you, than what back when you prior to making, you know, the course. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I knew that at the time, like even though the failure was hard, I knew that I had made a big change very quickly. And I knew that I'd also put my prices up to factor in the framing and the, Mm extra things that we did so there were a couple of reasons why it just didn't connect with the community that had been coming in and regularly buying my art at an affordable price Mm -hmm. and it was more colorful kind of happier art that people had been buying so I knew I knew that it was a case of it just wasn't the right fit anymore and Richie and I were actually talking about this recently and he said that I took it quite well. So I took the failure pretty well at the time. I just knew that it wasn't the right space for me and mm. that there was a different path. And and generally in life that's the way that I that I live. Like mm. I just feel that things happen for a reason. I've always been that way. So when something like this happens to me, it's just a sign. It's just a sign that there's a change coming and if I can be open to that it's going to be a whole lot easier (laughs) so such a great mindset Mm, I think so too I think it's there's nothing um it can be so incredibly hard when you have those I love I liked your old stuff better than your new stuff conversations Mm -hmm. because you start to think that you're doing the wrong thing and I think it's especially gutting when your new stuff, if you're feeling so connected to it, if it feels so much like you and people keep saying, oh, but I really love what you used to do. Mm. And you sort of think, I've moved on. (laughs) Um, Mm. And I I do think going Um, back is rarely the right thing to do. Yeah, Yeah, because your heart's not Mm. in it anymore. I think there are so many easy jobs to go if you just want to go and make money and then I think mm. the, when you lose the passion and the um, that love for what you do I just think that's so much of a creative job mm. like I could never go back to doing resin art again like I just couldn't I wouldn't ever but I could go back and do and I do do want to go and investigate doing more landscape work but from a different um, perspective than the one I was doing prior to what I'm doing now I needed to put that to bed for a little while so I could really focus on like getting my um observational skills up and it's not to say like you've you you want to come back into doing your painting again and it's not to say that you know you wanted to stop and pivot to online courses and that was it you were never gonna paint paintings or do an exhibition again it was just the timing at that time 
it didn't it wasn't right and there was this other opportunity that you could lead into and obviously you you Richie and you together are such a great team and you're such a natural teacher that you have really found uh, you know an amazing skill that had you just gone okay well this exhibition might have failed but I'm going to still keep painting and I'm going to try marketing it a different way and da, da, da. you would have missed out on that whole opportunity that you've created in this community that you've built with your classes we were saying Phoebe and I were talking earlier because I'm an absolute shocker for a five-year plan like I was saying even when I was a teenager I had a five-year plan and I think one of the good parts about my personality though is these days I'm happy to be quite flexible with that plan so for example the podcast was never in my five-year plan but it's been such a wonderful um, addition to my life and I'd be interesting to know when you started what did that what did your plan look like and then also just that ability to sort of go all right well we're going to focus on the teaching for a bit now and whether that was just you following your intuition or you had a plan for what that looked like or yeah how many yeah what was your were you like we'll just do one course see how it goes and then or did you go right let's do 10 uh definitely didn't have a plan (laughs) (laughs) well that's comforting to me because I don't have a plan (laughs) uh sometimes I think I'm a planner and then I'll talk to someone else and realize that I'm I'm not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then I talked to Julie and I realised oh, I'm, I'm definitely I'm not like way at one end of that spectrum uh, she's quite extreme <laughs> <laughs> no I'm only ever focused on the next thing even now I'm, I'm not really one to plan a few steps ahead I just plan the next step and see where that takes me and then I look at where where I'm at and and go from there so I certainly didn't sit down and go okay we're going to create 10 classes and then we're going to create this and I had to take all the stuff that we did and then put a plan on top of it at the end rather than have the plan at the beginning so Mm -hmm. that's almost what I'm doing now like I'm looking at everything I've created and now putting all the parts together yeah and putting it into a plan so I'm reverse engineering in a way uh so no it was it's always been pretty intuitive for me and I always ask myself if I would do this even if I wasn't getting paid that's Mm. something that Richie and I ask ourselves all the time Mm. because we both love making online classes we love the creativity of it we love making videos we love YouTube for that reason these are things that we really enjoy we watch little films we love looking at how other filmmakers do things Richie is obviously the technical side of it, but that's an interest of ours. And so we are always checking in with, would would we do this even if no one was watching? Mm. And the answer is yes, we would. We would be just playing around with making these kinds of videos and resources and stuff because we love to do it. The same thing goes with the art. You know, when I got to that crossroad with the art, I had to ask myself, would I make this art if people weren't buying it so the the art that was selling would I make it and the answer was no I wouldn't it it wasn't the art that I wanted to make but the other stuff yeah I would Mm. I would be making this just for the enjoyment just for the the feeling so I know I know we have to make a living like I know that that's Mm. a question that can seem a bit trite but yeah but I I think making the living comes from answering that question and finding the things that you would do and playing to your strengths. Mm. That's like the biggest thing. Like I 
I do not love leading a big workshop with a lot of people. I'm just not that type of person. I, I love one-on-one relationships. I love things like this, like chatting with a couple of people, small scale, but it's just not for me. Did I try it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. But I, but that was another, it was another failure in a way because the failure was I didn't enjoy it. That mm. was the failure of it. Like I just felt stressed and anxious about it for like, Six months before I was doing it. <laughs> I think sometimes the only way of working out what you do want is to sort of figure out what you don't like. Hmm. Yeah, and th- there's been things that I've done that I just do not like and I won't do them again because mm. they just, they're not the right thing for, for my personality. And, and it's, all of us are like this. And I think if we can find the things that we would do even if we weren't getting paid to some extent, uh, that that gives us a really good clue. Mm. And when I was little, I just used to play schools constantly. Like I always wanted to teach. So it doesn't surprise me that I ended up falling in love with that direction mm. and, and and having so much fun making classes. Even the, the, the process of making a class is really fun for me, like just thinking about how I can take this idea and make it accessible is a fun little mental challenge. I used to find when I was teaching that sometimes teaching something would actually let me understand it more fully and it would inform my practice. I'm really interested to see what your art practice is like now after years of sort of focusing on teaching, like how if if your style ends up becoming any different or how that's going to inform your practice. I literally can't wait to see what you make next. Sorry, I'm not adding to any expectation, but... I feel like I feel like a lot of people are like this. They're curious to know like what am I going to do next? You don't have and... to show it as well. Yeah. You've got to remember that. Like you can make ten uh, bad paintings before you show it as if you want. But teaching is great. You you learn so mm. much through teaching. I often come out with a much deeper understanding of my work through having to explain it, to talk about why you're doing things. Like these are things that you often do subconsciously, but when you are teaching, you you communicate it. It's a bit like writing an artist statement. Mm-hmm. Like it, it forces you in a way to, to really think about what it is that you are doing and why. You possibly answered this already, but I'm interested to hear what, what would your advice be to younger you? Oh, this is such an interesting question. And I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if I was chatting with my younger self, that I would almost want to tell her to not listen to my older self because I feel like I have lost some of the curiosity, energy, enthusiasm that I had when I was young. When I was young, I was very creative. I loved all the things, writing, Mm. poetry, painting, making things right through till the end of high school. And I did art in my final year of high school. I wanted to go on and do art as a career, but various conversations and things that were about the practical side of being an artist steered me into doing a business degree instead. Mm. So I think if I was chatting to my younger self, it would be more about listening to what you are feeling inside like building that connection with your gut 
instincts and trusting your gut because particularly in today's world, and I think about this with my kids, you are getting so much information Mm. and influence from other people, whether that's on social media, whether it's things you are reading, and you start thinking that that is what you should be doing. But that is unique to them. You have your own very different personality and their advice may not be right for you. So you need to start running things through your own filter and always be checking in with what is it that feels right for you. So if you can start to really tune into that gut feeling, Mm. it's going to help you make decisions that are your decisions. Mm. Yeah, love it. Well, hopefully someone out there can hear that and it will help them. Me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I need like a weekly mentoring conversation with Laura now. (laughs) Oh, that's what I was going to say. When I first saw your video of your, the the cottage that you, you bought, um, my initial thought before I kind of read any of your blurb was like, oh, she's bought somewhere where she's going to host retreats. Um, That was what I kind of. And then I started reading and I realized, oh, no, it's actually just going to be where she does her art and her courses and stuff. But then I that so when you were talking then about teaching and I did wonder, had was is that ever something that you would do there or is that door shut? No, I'd love a retreat with just two you. people like you. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. OK, we're here. Sign us off. What day are you free? I, that would be that week. would be in my comfort zone. <laughs> Yeah, it would it would have to be a small scale uh, retreat, but it would be lovely to be able to host people in some kind of way. So, do you want to come? Be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like it was. It, did you see how I? <laughs> that was beautiful. Invited myself over, basically. <laughs> beautiful. That was going to be less creative oh. and just say, "Is there a room for us? <laughs> would you do a retreat?" <laughs> We can bring wine. (laughs) (laughs) There's been quite a few people asking me about that, Mm. asking me whether or not this is an opportunity to to come and have an in-person experience. So we'll see. We will see. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's not my favourite kind of of, uh, format for things is doing running workshops and things like that. Mm. It's not my favourite thing to do, so... We will see. Maybe like a more of a communal, you know, like um, my friend just did one recently. Um, she's a like a woman's health holistic teacher. And she just was telling me about this one where she went and did a workshop. But it was like, I, I can't remember, like maybe eight, eight of them. And they all had a speciality within the field. And so rather than like it was one person hosting a workshop for all these people, like each person had to do a day where they were in charge of, whatever her thing was um and so it was much more of a kind of blended balanced experience and I just thought oh that sounds fun Mm. like that I could tap into that idea imagine Mm, I love that I love that idea of it being more of a shared Mm. experience shared knowledge Mm. and more of a relaxed coming together of different minds I I really like that idea rather than the sort of hosting mm. people for a whole week and then having a full schedule of it just feels like too much pressure for, like I couldn't yeah it's a lot it's a lot um when I hosted my retreat in Bali it was it was wonderful but it was 
it was just so much worrying about whether or not people were happy, mm. having a good time. Like, did you have the right mix of things? It's, it's mm. just a lot to, to consider. Lot, yeah, the mental mm. load. I think there's mm. so much mm. that we can learn from each other as artists. And I think that was one of the things that spurred us on to start this podcast is that I find that when we had problems, the best people with the solutions were other artists doing the same thing as you that maybe had approached it differently or, or had already mm. failed at that thing and could give you a possible solution. And I think when we talk and when I get really excited about the idea of this retreat, it would be about how much we could learn from each other because everyone's got their area that they're naturally either um, yeah. good at or have done more of that particular thing or and everyone struggles with something and I just think it would be such a great way of growing. Like I can't even imagine the growth that you would see if you spent a couple of days with people who were all, I don't know, as passionate as you but with mm. different areas of expertise. Even if it was just like you're not – actually, the only goal is that – we all just get together. Chat and, and have a glass of wine. You could all create one piece of artwork during the time side by side. And maybe if you want to give a little talk or a demo, that's fine. But otherwise, it's more about just like being together and creating together. And there's no need to have like a, a singular host. It's just about mm. the energy and the passion being in a combined space. Mm. And the yeah, and the wine. <laughs> And the cheese platters. <laughs> I'll be there for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> ah, awesome. Oh, well, this has been so lovely, Laura. Um, I was just going to finish with the last question. Um, are you team odd socks or team matching socks? That's an interesting question. Hmm. I reckon... <laughs> I feel like I would have to say that I'm team matching socks. <laughs> I like that. Even though I'm like the chaos one of both of us. Do you know, I can't cope with it. And it's uh, so um so when we put up you remember the chaos corn and the orderly corn? I showed my husband that that meme that you'd put up where it was like Phoebe and Julie. And he's like, you are so not the orderly corn. Like in within my family unit, I'm the chaos corn. But within like the podcast, I'm the orderly corn. And I think it's... <laughs> that just goes to show how chaotic my, I, my corn. I'm popcorn. <laughs> I'm just a bag of popcorn. <laughs> uh, well, I just, I have my limits. Like I need calm. Mm. Like I, everyone always says to me that you're so calm, you're so together mm. all the time and whatnot so there's a point where chaos just becomes too much for me and I just have to like clean everything mm -hmm. out start afresh so yeah I think I've got a bit more matching socks energy <laughs> oh lovely oh I thank you so much Laura for your time and your wisdom and your sharing your fails so graciously and your obviously your successes Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I feel like I could just keep chatting and chatting all day, but I probably should actually go into that studio <laughs> that yeah. I keep talking about. Thank you for your time. So thank you so much. Thank you, Phoebe. Thank you, Julie. It's been a pleasure. I might just do some quick thank yous. We've had a few um, co-fis come in this week. So thank you to Caroline, Barbara, Sophie and Michelle. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. It really, really does make a difference. And we are very, very grateful for all your co-fis. Said, I think that went really well. What did you think, Julie? I thought that was heaps of fun. It was so interesting. And it's always so lovely to hear someone else's point of view. Mm. So if you enjoyed that episode with Laura, do let us know. I don't think we're going to be doing these all the time, but every now and then, just a few peppered through the year. I think especially when we find someone who's got a very different skill set to us, Mm. I think that offers a different point of view. Yeah, sometimes it's just a break from Judy having to listen to me monologue, really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we'll leave it there. Um, And yeah, let us know. We've done all the things, haven't we? Yes, we did all. Yeah, I think so. We did all the things. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Let us know what. Uh, no, not let us know. Finish it up, Julie. Have you got what to say? Oh, please share and follow the podcast, and we will see you next week. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Keep failing. Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened there. I just. We thought you said goodbye and then and disappeared. And we went, oh, okay, it's over. Oh, <laughs> no, I swear. I can't oh, we it. thought that you just got. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, okay. Well, we, did, like, we just thought, oh, maybe this is what normal people do. They just sort of sign up because we usually waffle on for ages yeah, and that's no. why there's like three hour recordings. <laughs>Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.